Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burgermaster. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burgermaster is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burgermaster on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey everyone, it's Brian. The real estate market is crazy. Finding an agent you can trust isn't easy. Thankfully, the one thing I'm more certain of than Brian Schottenheimer calling a running play on second and long is that you can trust John Hurlbut and his team at Altitude Homes. I know John personally, and nobody does it better in Pierce, South King, and Thurston County. So head on over to altitude-re.com HB to get real estate help you need. That's altitude-re.com HB. Or give them a call at 253-222-2626. Again, that's 253-222-2626. Go Hawks! Hey all Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S., and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com, click on how to join, and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fan life. Jeff, yeah, buddy. let's fucking go. This is what this team needed. This is what this team needed. We have been bitching about this team for 10 straight years with their offensive line moves. And you know what? Today's the day. They made a phenomenal move to address the guard position today. And we won't just talk about Gabe Jackson. We'll talk a little bit about, about Gerald Everett, which is also another really good move today. But let's fucking go, dude. Let's fucking go. This guy is not a superstar, but he is, I think, the definition of a dependable, solid starting guard. Uh, I think in, in I was looking at some stats, and, and I'll let you jump in here in a second, Jeff, but I got, I got to get my little You're killing it right now. Hype, train, uh, hype train finish for a second. Um, this dude has missed only more, three or more games once in his, I think it's uh, seven, eight, or eight, nine years he's been in the NFL since 2014. I can't do math. I'm so excited right now. So he's an extremely durable player. I think, uh, I think you even made this comment in the group chat up before, up until last year, he had been one of the best, I think one of the better guards in the NFL. Um, God, this is interesting because it, it, my understanding is he has currently or most recently been playing right guard. So, if he if he's going to slot in to the right guard position, d- does Seattle move Damian Lewis over to the left side uh, to work with Dwayne Brown? That's an interesting sort of scenario, which uh, is not a bad thing in my opinion. I'm excited about that uh, that possibility. But man, we we were just on this show like two days ago, bitching yeah. about this dumbass football team, and now here they are. You know what? Credit to John Schneider and Pete Carroll. They, they made us uncomfortable the last two days, 
And you know what? They still have they still have areas to address. So it's not it's not all perfect, you know, sunshine and rainbows yet. But today's moves, yesterday's moves, God, this looks good. They're doing good things. These are smart football moves. I'm excited about smart football moves. This feels good. I feel good. The yes. Seahawks are making me feel good, Jeff. It's funny because it real. It doesn't feel real. Five hours ago, I was in a dark place. I know some people in our chat were in a dark place because the Rodney Hudson trade happened. And you look at the names at guard, and it was ugly. Like Gabe Jackson hadn't been cut yet. If they didn't get if they didn't get him. It looked dead. And like, there were people in our chat who are super positive all the time. They were in a dark place. I wonder who, who those people could be. I wonder. Uh, uh, yeah. So let me take a step back for a second though. Today was a huge day on a number of fronts. Like we're going to, we're going to dive into Gabe Jackson a ton, but the whole Russell Wilson story that opened off today that like John Schneider was thinking about training him, And then Pete said, no, and that eliminates the job, the Russell Wilson trade. And then all of a sudden, what, 10 hours later, 12 hours later, they trade for one of the best guards in the NFL. They sign a pretty good tight end. And really, like, I knew they were in the Kevin Zeitler thing. I knew they were in that one. And this was probably the next guy on their list. Gabe Jackson, I was pumped. Like, I wrote, like, a fuck yeah, Gabe Jackson, baby, <laughs> that's a thread. For me, that's, like, way out of character. I was pretty pumped. I want you to know, I, I got to stop here for one second. Your Twitter DM almost got me killed. Do you want to know what happened? No. I, I was walking one of my dogs, okay? We were leaving the park, okay, uh, to walk back onto the, across the street to the other side of the street. I, I check down at my phone. I see a fuck yeah, Gabe Jackson. And I keep, just keep walking across the street and, like, zoning in on my phone. Of course, like, I almost get hit by a car, but – but uh that news would have been a good way to go out, frankly, because uh, holy shit. Yeah, man. So hold up. There's something weird going on with the Raiders right now because it was like reported that he was cut, right? Like two or three days ago that he, he just wasn't being justified with that salary. And now it looks like Oakland is trying to trade those players. Yeah, and they did it with two guys today. So I don't know if this was intentional or unintentional, and it's John Gruden. I don't want to give him too much credit. I don't think he's crafty enough to come up with this, but they were plan. There were reports and they were planning on releasing Rodney Hudson who got traded to Arizona today. Yeah. And Gabe Jackson was a guy they, they didn't, they signed two guards today. So they knew that they weren't going to bring him back at that number. And both those players led to trades and Seattle, Seattle. I, I know this from back in the day. Seattle really liked Jackson in the draft in 2014. They came close to picking him. Uh, there was a story going around that they actually had called him and told him to stay ready. I think it was a third round pick. And once Zeitler came off the board, Gabe Jackson was their priority. They thought he was going to get cut and they ended up having to give up a pick because if you don't end up with Gabe Jackson, there's Trey Turner and that's pretty much it at the guard position. You would have struck out. So this was a home run move because this gets them – this I, I sent this message too. They now have four pretty good, pretty good offensive linemen. This is the, by far the most talented group they've had on this team throughout this whole era. Like Gabe Jackson, Damian Lewis is a really, really good guard combination. 
and they have Dwayne Brown and Shell who played really well last year. Like this is by far the most talented offensive line they've had in this whole regime. Brian, I just want to commend you for your very strategic decision to jump on after I screamed constantly for 10 minutes straight. You know, <clears throat> happy St. Patty's Day. Mm, happy St. Patty's Day. Yeah, happy feel. good Seahawks move day. Seahawks green day. It's a good day. I'm not, see- drinking, not drinking green beer, but I am drinking Guinness. So, Did you see the photo uh, the Seahawks Twitter account posted of Pete with Puna on, on the extension? And, and Pete's like uh, – Pete's shirt, I think it was like a long sleeve shirt that he was wearing, was almost identical to the turf color in the background. Oh. It was like he was like a it was like a green screen. I just thought that was funny because you mentioned St. Patty's Day. But <laughs> Brian, welcome you in. Holy shit. This is fucking huge. This is fucking huge. They, they appear to have listened to Russell Wilson. I, 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 just, I won't recap everything I just said, but Gabe Jackson is a very dependable, solid starting guard for this football team. Where is your head at? How excited are you right now? No negative talk. Uh, well, I got to be honest. I'm still catching up. <clears throat> I, like When I'm working, I'm generally like super working and, and it's been crazy. So I literally just checked Twitter late in the day and I'm like, oh, Gerald Everett. Yep. Makes sense. Uh, came in at the price I pretty much expected. I think we even talked about that on this pod. Um, then the Gabe Jackson news hit and it's like, wow. So is that, is that it? Is there anything else <laughs> that happened that I need to know about? The Everett, Gerald Everett and, and Gabe Jackson. Those are the two moves. Yes. Oh, I'm so flustered. I can't even think right now. Um, yeah, nothing else happened, right? Okay, Jeff? good, good. So, I mean, the the Jackson thing, I have not seen a lot of Gabe Jackson play, so I can't really speak to what he is as a player. One of the things that's interesting to me about the Gabe Jackson choice is he's a big dude. So one of the things I've been curious about with the Shane Waldron move and, you know, the idea that they're going to move to more of a outside zone and maybe a little bit more of mobile, nimble lineman, um, not necessarily all the way to Tom Cable, but but somewhat. Gabe Jackson's like 340. Like, he's a big, big dude. Um, so that's like right in Mike Solari's wheelhouse. That's like a Mikey Potty kind of guy. Um, I'm just kind of curious how that will mesh with what, what Shane Waldron has in mind. You now have two, like, road grading guards. Uh, you've got, I think, two solid tackles. And... I think there's a lot of options even in-house at center. I still think that they will likely add like an Austin Blythe. I fully expect that. I mean, it's not like there's gonna be some huge demand for Austin Blythe. Give him a couple million bucks. Um, you should be able to have him and have a competition at center and whoever comes out great, you know, go from there. You know, I see it differently. Like Pete said in his closing press conference, that guard was a priority. So I don't see this as listening to Russ. I'm glad that Russ agrees. And I'm glad that if this is going to make Russ happy, I'm glad it's going to make Russ happy. But I don't think this is about that. The quarterback is now setting the free agent priorities. Uh, That's not how I see it at least. So I think that's, that's that's cool. I think that uh, Gerald Everett, I like that guy. He's got a lot of, he's got a lot of skill and um, I think he brings a lot to the table. I think, I think he brings more to the table athletically than 
pretty much any of the Seahawks tight ends have in the past few years. I mean, Jimmy Graham was super athletic, but he also was hurt and I think had kind of started to erode. Gerald Everett's like almost wide receivery in some of his athleticism. So um, I just love that. Uh, and I think it puts a little less pressure on Disley. And if Disley recovers from his injury more in his second year after rehab, which I think we should expect him to, I think you got two great tight ends there. And we don't even know what we have yet in Colby Parkinson. So that could be a really nice trio. Look, guys, now we're just, we're skating downhill the rest of free agency in the draft, right? Like now it's less about must. There's a few maybe must, but there's less about must. And it's more about how do you complement and use your, your space wisely to just get value out of this, this free agent pool. So huge, huge day. Like this is the hump day for the Seahawks free agency. No doubt about it. Can I do a trivia question yeah. with both of you on Gabe Jackson? A thousand plus snaps last year. Okay. How many sacks and how many quarterback hits did he allow in 2020? Jeff, I will take your submission first. How many sacks and how many quarterback hits? And if you saw my tweet, you're not allowed to answer. I didn't see your tweet, but <laughs> maybe like eight sacks, 12 quarterback hits. Brian? Uh, I would guess a couple of sacks and um, like eight quarterback hits. Zero sacks, two quarterback hits all season long. That's amazing. That's amazing. Why does he have, why does he have like a kind of lower pass protection grade last year then? Like, He's been, it is interesting. He's been kind of a, more of a pass protection guard than a run guard, right? Like at least by PFF grades, but he has kind of eroded. He had like a 69.9 pass block grade last year. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I we should look up where that would rank relative to Seattle's uh, starters last year. That'd be interesting. I, I, I would. Guard. I think it'd be the best. Yeah, uh, this just in, in a uh, very poisoned brain um, observations, Russell Wilson is starting to like tweets about Gabe Jackson coming to the Seahawks. <laughs> so very big news. Um, holy shit. I can't believe they did it. I can't believe they did it. I was Why getting to believe it. I was getting really uncomfortable with the guard group that yeah, was, so, so was that was remaining. It was pretty much like Trey Turner and Gabe Jackson were like the two remaining out of like, you know, the guys that have the guys that were available in free agency. And I just wasn't hopeful that they were going to get one of those two, but man, I mean, I was wrong. It, it is so good to feel this way because this is so, Oh, this is an element we haven't talked about. He's not a one-year stopgap. Mm-hmm. He's under contract for the next two years at, at $9.6 million each year. That's a, you know, for, for a guard of his caliber, that's a very reasonable deal. Um, I wish the Everett deal was two years, but I'm not going to bitch about that. That's not worth bitching about um, a little bit later, like quickly, just to close the loop on the last thing you're saying. So, so Gabe Jackson was 69, nine, and that was one of his lowest pass block grades. Damian Lewis last year was a 47 pass yeah. block. And Mikey Potty was a 62. 
Um, and for folks wondering about Trey Turner, who was the other option, he was a 51 last year, um, pass block. He was actually a 34, he a really bad season, 34 overall. He did not do well last year, although I think he was injured. So it does seem like they got the best of the remaining guard options for sure. Yeah. I, I think they really wanted Zeidler. They wouldn't have had to give up a pick to get him. From what I understand, they were in it to the end. I think it was Seattle and Baltimore. And Brian tweeted out the story of the day. Of, I think he just went with the familiarity thing. And this was their best option. They, Yeah, it sucks to only have three draft picks right now, but they had to do this move. They had to do this move. If anyone's complaining that they gave up their draft pick, I do not want to hear it. This was a no-brainer trade. Well, I'm interested in that. So you guys are both. Are you? How do you feel? Like, fifth-round pick is... That was Cam Chancellor. That was Richard Sherman. That was Tedrick Thompson, too. <laughs> it was. Yeah, yeah. It's, they had to do this just for so many organizational reasons. There's well, just no way you get that, like, year one value of a Gabe Jackson in the – you know you know what I mean? Of, like, a fifth-round pick this year. For the context of the situation. Like, yeah. Where this team is, what's going on with the quarterback, their options in free agency, like, this had to be done. Like it probably hurt John Schneider to pull his trade off. It probably kills him, but he had to do it. No question. This is the uh, fallout of missing on Zeitler. Do you guys still think they dip their toes in center? Brian, you, you touched on it a little bit. Are there a couple of names that, that interest you? I saw Jeff was floating some names on Twitter as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think Blythe is the obvious option. I think David Andrews is the other guy that that's at least in consideration. I don't know, Jeff, if there's other names that are on your mind. Well, I think Blythe is the logical answer. He won't cost anything. It's a plug-and-play guy. Uh, Andrews is probably the highest upside guy. guy I like is Nick Martin from Houston. Oh. He was a second-round pick. He, he signed like a $30 million extension like two years ago. Like He's still a pretty decent player who's more of a pass protector than a run guy, but he's played with Dwayne Brown before. Um, he's he's a he, – like Notre Dame offensive line are typically pretty good. And – yeah, he's a guy you can stick in there. And when you play like the kind of D lineman you play in this division, to me, having a center with the left guard is really important. I don't want to just stick in some rookie there. Dana O'Gorman, welcome to what is one of the most positive, no. spirited, no. positive environments no. in Real Hawk Talk history. I don't believe you. I am dead serious. You, I, I told Brian this, Dana. And I'm going to say it to you also. Okay. I spent the first 10 minutes of this show probably just screaming. And Jeff had to listen to all of it. I was a little. So I just want to say, Dana, very smart, strategic, you know, decision on your part. Wait, my turn. (laughs) I I will, I will not, uh, for your own benefit, scream again or try not to. Um, but with, with you showing up right now, uh, tell me tell me how you're feeling. These are these are two big moves Seattle made today. Um, how are you feeling? I was well when when the first announcement was the, was tight end. Obviously, I was like, oh, good. That that wasn't the position group I was looking for. <laughs> sure. That. But um, then, of course, the announcement right after of the guard from the Raiders. I think that that is just. I think that Bob Condotta said it when he retweeted it. He was like. Seahawks fans, here is your offensive lineman you've been looking for. And I think that's really it. I think people waited all day for this. And, you know, I don't know if it's just me or if you guys thought so too, but 
today was kind of slow free agency. I mean, I know all the big stuff had happened the last couple of days. And, and, and so a lot of that kind of fun and spark was gone, but, but I think that, um, with today being slower, we thought, gosh, we might even need to wait a few more days. In fact, Jeff, I think you said that to me in our group chat, you know, you, you, we might have to wait a few days. And so it was nice to see these two come out and come out back to back. I think that that was a huge shot for the fan base. Hey, happy Patty's day, Patty's day, Dana. Thank you. Happy. Thank you. I know my husband said I should drink whiskey, but it's not my jam. So yeah. <laughs> it just feels so good to be happy about the Seahawks making smart decisions. Evan, let's be honest though. How long is that going to last for you? You think 24 whole hours, maybe you think we might get a whole day out of it. Uh, who knows? I might even go <laughs> higher if, if they, if they, if they bring somebody in for the pass rush, bring back a Carlos mm-hmm. Dunlap, bring a clowny. Nobody heard me heard me say that. Like there, there's a couple of moves that could bring me even higher. Where um, are we cap wise? Good question. Where are we cap wise and where are we <laughs> draft pick wise? Do we have like two draft picks now? Two, three, three I believe. So we mm-hmm. have a second, we have a fourth, and I, I believe think there's going to have to seventh. be corresponding moves. I so, think there'll be a trade coming. So to answer your question, draft picks, second round pick, fourth round pick, and a seventh round pick. Cap space, we're talking like basically zero. I think there's going to be restructures coming. Mm-hmm. And Russell being on board with this move could be a domino effect of this. Russell or Bobby are like the top two candidates for restructures. Russell, mm-hmm. obviously more since he has a has a larger salary. Restructuring Russ could bring like 10 to $14 million in cap space. That's how much we're talking. That's what I kind of envision as the next domino here. Yeah. And Um, and I got into, I did get into the argument with that person on on Twitter. And and I think that it's important that we just keep repeating this for the fans. The Seahawks can do that at any point without permission from Russell. And I I clarified it to make sure I understood it correctly. It, it, because people were getting real mad at Russ online. This is not about Russell Wilson the team can do that at any point with his contract. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if they find a couple of people they want and then they flip that switch to get the money to do it. Yeah. And everyone was probably wondering why they didn't do it earlier, but based on the sounds of Rapport's report up until yesterday, they were not sure if they were going to trade him or not. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's true or not. I, I saw a lot of bears damage control in that story, but however, if it is true, yeah, you're not going to restructure a contract that you might be moving. And mm-hmm. based on the sounds of the offer, it was a pretty big offer. I, I would think Seattle would have been dumb to take it. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if John in the front office was thinking about that trade. Yeah, I mean, think about that for a second. If if it's true that they were having a conversation even as recently as a few days ago or whatever it was um, with the Bears, if you think that you might be trading your quarterback, then offensive line may not be your priority position. And so they went after Zeitler though. I mean, we know that like there's multiple confirmations of that. And if they had gotten him like, so that's why I kind of call a little bit of BS. Like I think they knew that they were going to have Russ this whole time. I, I think that this is blown out of proportion a little bit. And I would also say, forget the restructure. They just traded a fifth round pick for a guard for the next two years. Uh, why would they trade their quarterback after doing that? Like, it doesn't make any sense. This isn't like they got their next 25 year old guard. who's going to be with them for the next seven years. This guy is 
you know, maybe two to five years. Right. So I think, uh, He's only 29 though. Is that correct? 27, 29, something uh, like that. He's not very question. old. I know Everett is just 27. He is 29. You're correct. He is 29. Yeah. Everett's a young guy. So yeah. Everett was mm-hmm. the first Rams draft pick that Sean McVay made when he got hired. Mm-hmm. So the boys in our chat will love that, but <laughs> I see, I've seen a lot of people tonight being comparing Everett to Greg Olson because of the money. Mm-mm. And I'm irritated by that. Mm-hmm. And I was one of the few who liked the Greg Olson signing. So I took a huge L on that one, <laughs> but this is a completely different offense. Like I heard a prominent B writer say this on the radio. I saw bloggers say this, the Shane Waldron offense. We saw how the Rams played in that two tight end package. They're much more of a horizontal offense in a yards after catch kind of offense than what the Seahawks have been doing, which is run the ball and throw it deep and having a capable tight end who is very good after the catch. And we don't know if that's Will Disley after the injuries to me, comparing him and Greg Olson, who was 35 and couldn't get through the season. To me, that's just a bullshit narrative and it's lazy. Yeah. uh, One of our patrons and loyal listeners, Colton uh, had sent me the, pro day or the combine numbers for Luke Wilson and Gerald Everett. And they're pretty comparable. Uh, and, and so, you know, look, I see, I see Gerald Everett as a particularly, at least laterally shifty player that we haven't really had at a tight end position. Mm-hmm. Like once he catches the ball, he tore the Seahawks up for last year, not this past season, the season before like 180 yards receiving. I'm pretty sure it was like some crazy, this is the game in Seattle. He went off and there's, there's not Luke Wilson does not go for 180 yards in a game uh, in any offense. So this is not a, this is not that guy. Um, and look, he knows the, he knows what the, the Rams try to do. He, he's going to be able to come in. He's gonna be able to like be in effect. I think he could potentially be a, a bigger weapon in Seattle than he was in. Well, in he's a, not sitting behind Higby. You and he's know not catching I mean? passes that... from a doofus. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Cup and Woods were similar. They were more short yardage, precise players, which didn't really leave a great role for him. Mm-hmm. Seattle, you got DK, who's got a very different kind of route tree than those two guys run. And same with Tyler. Tyler's more of a beat you off the ball, get deep, which leaves a lot of potential for Everett in different areas of the field. And I don't think he's had that because that's the way Cup and Woods played and Higby, too. Mm-hmm. There's a big opportunity for him, especially I don't see Seattle striking like a big third receiver, like a big name. It'll probably be a draft pick or a low-end veteran. So I think Everett might be the third target in the offense. Well, remind me if anyone can. The other big name tight ends that went already in free agency, right? They had Hunter Henry went. Mm-hmm. Johnny um, Smith. Johnny Smith. And what did they get per year? I mean, they got a crap ton of million. Back. Yeah. Like it was, it was, it was over 10, right? So pretty much double Everett's price. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry. Like those guys are definitely better than Everett uh, in terms of what they've done. Uh, I think Johnny Smith is a, you know, up and comer for sure. 12.5 per year. I mean, they're not, they're not that much better. They're not that gap better than Gerald Everett. I don't think in this offense with Russell Wilson throwing to him. So I think that's a, I think that's a really reasonable deal for a young tight end that has a lot of upside and, you know, we'll see what it turns into long-term, but I think I, this is one that was so obvious. We were all, we were, we were all over it. Um, new, I think a lot of us expected that to happen. Um, and now 
pick another receiver out of that like fat receiver crop that's still out there. And we're looking like if they do that, okay, I want to ask this group. If they just add another receiver, you know, pick pick your favorite of what's left. Is this offense better than the offense that they had last year? Without a doubt. Uh, not even close. I think that that's, yeah, obvious, yeah. I mean, right, it has to be. I mean, listen, Waldron wouldn't have brought Everett in if he didn't think that he could have added something to the mix here, right? And so obviously, and he's going to know his style, and so it, it it's obviously just a win-win there. But so that automatically is an upgrade from nothing against the tight ends that were in Seattle last year, but it's an upgrade just because he's already going to know the new system, you know, now not to say Waldron won't tweak, you know, and the stuff that they did in, in LA, but I just think that that automatically gives him, you know, an edge up. Now I've got to ask a tougher question. Yeah. That's, that was too easy. (laughs) Are the Seahawks better off both next season and in future seasons? if they trade Tyler Lockett for a draft pick and the cap space to go sign two additional receivers. So they get a draft pick and two receivers and Tyler's gone. Who are you signing? Like you, you pick two receivers for, for what you'd get in terms of the cap space that that would be. I have a draft pick. <laughs> Honestly, you yeah. save, you save almost 13 million. Yes. By, by trading yes. Lockett. So, so who do you, who do you pursue in free agency? T.Y. Hilton. I didn't realize Josh Reynolds is. T.Y. Hilton is essentially Tyler Lockett. They're the same kind of player. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You get him for half the price, get a third round pick, save the money and spend it elsewhere. Yeah. You're better off. I don't know. What do you think you could get for Lockett? What's a reasonable expectation? Maybe a third. on the team too. I mean, is is a third crazy? I mean, if it's a team Probably, that's got a low third. Um, I don't know. I will tell you guys at the beginning of the offseason for the Seahawks, I, we were talking and, and I said, I thought Tyler Lockett is primed to be traded and it broke my heart. I love this kid, but he's going to be the guy that a team knows and wants. They want his style of play. They want his production. And, and so teams will be willing to give up him compared to some of the other players you know I mean obviously if someone needed Jaron Reed or whatever you know that might be different but Tyler just seemed to be kind of the one that Seattle could live without and another team would want but it kills me but I think if you can get two players and a pick yeah well so here's the thing like you get a pick you get you pick like T.Y. Hilton you got Will Fuller you've got Sammy Watkins um it did uh did the guy from Carolina get signed yet? Yeah, he signed tonight. Signed today, yeah, right. A lot of money. Anyway, like you've got some of those guys. You could get two of those guys, right? Um, Juju Smith Schuster. Like he becomes an option if you want to go get Juju Smith Schuster. You could probably do him and and uh, Sammy Watkins or, or one of those guys, right? Mm-hmm. But you also could just do one of those receivers and get yeah. a pass rusher, right? Like get two pass rushers like that's a lot of money i just can't come back to the seahawks being better with tyler than being than having let's say a fourth round pick and at least two additional players i i guess the alternative situation is why why wouldn't you just extend tyler lockett keep him in the fold drop his cap number this year 
and then make make an outside uh, free agent acquisition at receiver. Well, you you don't get a pick. You get the pick. Oh, I got it. <laughs> you don't get a pick. I mean, I, I think that that's a, a fine alternative. I don't. I mean, Evan, I'll ask you. What would you prefer? Like, what do you think would make the Seahawks better? I think I'd keep Lockett. Why? I'm not sure any any player you bring in outside of maybe Juju is going to be a significant upgrade at receiver. Oh, I don't think um, any of them are upgrades. Tyler's really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's really good. So if you want to bring in – let me put it this way. I'd rather have Lockett and, like, a super cheap veteran. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, a, like a Brashad Perriman. Like like Jeff Simmons, Jeff mentioned, um, then like two sort of higher mid tier receivers and 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 have a draft pick like a third or fourth round pick. I, I just think Lockett and Russell have a special connection, and I'm not sure I want to get rid of that. Well, the other thing that we, I think we have to remember with Seahawks receivers, and that we've heard this from ex Seahawks receivers too, is that. Russell is a difficult quarterback in the fact that you have to learn his patterns. You have to learn the way he plays. You have to learn how to extend the play because he extends the play and keep moving. And, you know, Doug Baldwin was a master at that, but you see Tyler now does it and DK does it. That takes some time. So I think that I would rather, uh, I, God, it hurts me, but I'm going to agree with Evan and keep, keep Lockett. Uh. And I know. I, that's twice today and I really need help or therapy or something. But I think that that that's smarter just because they've already got that rhythm and that can take a year or two to develop. I think I'm going to go the, I think I'm going to go the other way. Uh, I think the other way makes you better. A they're short on draft picks. So you kind of have to look at what can you move for draft picks? Honestly, there isn't much. The guys they, they would move like you're not trading DK. You're not trading. Like you could trade Jamal Adams. Like you could flip him to someone else. We've had this conversation. It's not a terrible idea based on where they're at. It's not Uh, if, it's when, but continue. Yeah, so (laughs) the combination of adding a pretty high-priority draft pick, like a Will Fuller or a Juju or a T.Y., like they do a lot of what Tyler does. And if you can add somewhere else, it's sort of a win-win-win all around. Data's point is true. Like it's hard to find guys. Russell is not a drop back. You know the receiver will be there, and boom, that's – He's, he can be that, but that's not his play. He he creates. He's a special creator. He's great at finding players off script. And, yeah, Tyler is the best. And there's a case to be made that Tyler's potentially the most valuable player they have based on what the offense is like when he's off. Yeah. But no matter what, they need a third receiver for that exact reason. They can't sneak around on this, whether it's a draft pick. And I know they don't have a lot. This is a really good receiver draft again. And the free agent pool is still loaded with names, whether at the top end or the bottom. They can't go into the situation that if one of DK or Tyler gets hurt, they're left with like Freddie Swain playing or DK or Tyler bangs up his knee and he can't get open deep. They're screwed. That's happened the last two years. And they need to make sure that they understand that priority because they really haven't. But the Seahawks just put out a Freddie Swain highlight reel. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I said the other day, like they might internally like him, but – I like him. I, I'm more he's bullish on Freddie Swain than others. I, I don't think he's a Tyler Lockett replacement. Yeah, but he's fourth, fifth receiver. But there's also guys. I mean, if you got if you did trade Tyler, I mean, what's Kenny Galladay going to get at this point? 
he's gone through like a weird free agency period where he's meeting yeah. with like the Bengals and the Giants. Yeah, because he's trying to get money and no one's yeah. going to give him what he, he wants. He doesn't have the market I think he thought he was. Gonna I get. mean, you're telling me that like a, a wide receiver crew that had Kenny Galladay and DK Lockett, you yeah. know, wouldn't be particularly interesting. I mean, another guy that that's certainly not a, a big name, but we haven't talked about much is Isaiah McKenzie. You guys know much about Isaiah McKenzie? Mm-mm. Buffalo guy. He's 26. He's five foot eight. He's like a little mighty mite. He is the total end around like. Um... Hey, I'm five foot eight. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, he's a guy that I think will be a sleeper for somebody that could come in. He's Evan, you'll get this. He's like what Tavon Austin is supposed to be. Like actually <laughs> dangerous and useful. Um, but like, yeah, there's. I think there's a chance for them to get two receivers. And uh, I think trading this fifth round pick is not a nothing move. That's now, can I yeah. can I flip the question Yeah, and ask an alternate version of the question? Would you trade Jaron Reed to open up cap space and make a free agent wide receiver addition? Why would Say, you trade one of the best interior pass rushers in the NFL? You're gaslighting me. Okay. Okay. There's no, okay. Okay. Good. Okay. Just make it sure. Would you? Yes or no? Yeah. Yeah. I, I have no problems tra- trading Jaron Reed. I don't think you're going to get anywhere near the market for Jaron Reed. Probably. Get. Yeah. The problem is mm-hmm. Jared Reed's in the last year of his deal. It's a bloated deal that Evan tweeted out perfectly. looks pretty stupid after you saw what Puna got. Um, yeah. What are you going to get from the six rounder? Who's going to take on a $13.5 million defensive tackle at this point? Well, it'd be less because uh, they wouldn't pay yeah, the right. signing bonus. But, yeah, it'd I mean, be like 8.5. That's the problem with the Tyler trade, too. We're not the only ones that are seeing all these good receivers that are probably going to be available for cheap on free agency. The The market for trading for a receiver has got to be as soft as it's ever <laughs> been. And Lockett, as much as we love him, and I think he's respected – I don't think most people think about him as like a number one. So can I, can I ask you guys a batshit insane question? Yeah. Have you ever asked? We're on here. (laughs) Brian, you dickhead. (laughs) (laughs) What would it take to get OBJ? What would it take draft capital wise? Like, or, or player wise, what, what would it take to get him in a trade? I hate that question. You guys can answer that one. No, because I don't want him anywhere near Seattle. Jeff, do you like OBJ at all? Like I'd be okay with it. It just doesn't make sense at all. How many divas can we have on a team? For God's sake! Oh, I said it was a batshit insane question, so I prefaced <laughs> it. Really, like Seattle doesn't have draft capital. What are they trading? I do wonder what his tweet the other day meant, though. It said second act. Uh, the reporter from New York said he was just talking about his recovery from injury. Apparently they text okay. each other. It's just that's OBJ. He's a. I know he's a drama queen. No thank yeah. you. I don't think this team needs another drama queen. Right now. We, I don't think we need more cryptic <laughs> tweets if, from the. If Seahawks. we're going to get another drama queen, if he better be a cornerback who's been here before. That's all I got to say about that. Like we haven't started to talk about if the Jamal contract gets a little tough. Steve, what kind of drama queen? You cut out anything? for the last two seconds. What'd you say? Well, I said. Uh, We've already got all this drama and the Jamal contract hasn't started yet. So we know how he is when he's not happy. So do you think they've attempted to start 
extension talks with him or has, or has the topic not even been broached yet? I don't think so. Cause I don't think the safety market has moved yet. And I think they just have so many other things they got to do right now. I think that's once they start to clear out the draft, I think that's going to be mm. the priority. That's probably a good point. You know, whose name we haven't heard KJ, Wright. I was wondering if this move today kind of ends the KJ to Seattle. It's got, it's unless they do a restructure, right? I I would think that, I mean, that's, and you said the prime people for restructures are, are Russell and Bobby. And if they, you know, decide that, and and I said this, I'll say it out loud to everyone. I, I said it in our chat, you know, KJ's not an idiot. He realizes that, you know, it's he and Bobby, that tandem that is so powerful. And he's not going to want to end his, you know, career on a down note. I mean, I guess if he pads his wallet enough, maybe he will. But it would seem logical to me that if Seattle is within a million or two of whatever offer he's going to get, he's going to stay in Seattle knowing that that's where, you know, his family is and and Bobby is. And you can't tell me that they wouldn't just tweak Bobby's. Um, contract to make that happen I, I i just think it's logical to just to keep him where he is knowing you've only got him for another year or two before he retires i feel bad for the dude because he played his ass off last year yeah, and he, he deserves a good contract guys like him are the worst hit by this cap uh from an nfl perspective not overall in the world but from an nfl perspective to, to be a free agent and be older yeah I agree. this mm-hmm. year like He's not going to get, I mean, I don't know. What is he going to get? Four million? Maybe. Yeah. Like if you notice, there's zero buzz on KJ. Linebackers in general. What's yeah. Like, you know, I looked at the list while you guys were talking. I don't see any intriguing name. A lot of the teams that had the big money had spent their money. So he's going to have to make a, either a fit choice or take money to get a second chance. I don't know. I don't see it. Almost become running backs in terms of value, yeah. like, uh, especially a 30 year old off ball linebacker linebackers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, look, I, I think the recipe's there, isn't it? Like sign receiver, sign at least one pass rusher. Bring back Dunlap is what you mean. That's yeah. what you mean to say. There's a lot of good pass rushers. <laughs> I mean, I'd like it to be Dunlap, but honestly, I feel like they could end up with two pass rushers. Yeah, maybe. yeah, and it was notable that was it Hassan Reddick, who's 24 or 25. He signed for six million dollars. Crazy. So crazy. 13 sacks last year. Yeah. So that's kind of where this this group is now. And there's a lot of names still out there. Melvin Ingram, Alvin Smith, uh Clowney. I don't think he'll come back, but Carlos right, Dunlap. Notice Carlos Dunlap has zero buzz in free agency. And this is why I kept saying to a lot of people on Twitter before the thing that I know a lot of people are like, well, extensions are hard. I was warning Carlos Dunlap about hitting the market because this is what I envisioned. It was, it's a buyer's market. And that's why me and Evan kind of got into it where Evan thought he might get closer to Watt. <laughs> yeah, that look, doesn't look good right now. <laughs> it's possible. Maybe someone gets desperate, but this is what, I just guess. looking at all the names, this is what I envisioned happening once the top guys came off the board. Yeah. Yeah, there's value to be had. Yeah, with that pass rush great. spot. But the Seahawks are gonna have to create cap space to do all those things. But I mean, I think they have to. They have, have to. They just have too many holes in their roster and no picks. Like they have to come out. Like absolute, no doubt about it. They have to get a pass rusher and they have to get a receiver out of this group. 
those are like if they do that they like i would almost say i wouldn't say they have to but it'd be nice for them to get a running back um i don't know if they have to get a receiver i think think it would be nice if they have to get a receiver is that what you said yeah i'm not i'm not in the must-have camp really a receiver or running back receiver receiver what do you think you draft one yeah but it'd be a great year to draft yeah i'm just not I love this receiver group, and I just feel like you can get such a screaming deal on a quality receiver. I think you do both because that opens up if you don't sign Tyler next year. Yeah, but then that leaves you with Rashad Penny as your running back, people. Well, they drafted him the first round. They honestly him. Oh, it gives me so much stress to think about. Yeah. You know, making it past game three. Are you going to make it past I mean, game three, Rashad? Damian Williams got let go. You know, you've got Fournette out there. You've got, I mean, you've got options. They're going to be cheap. Yeah, Marlon Mack signed for $2 million. Who? Marlon Mack signed for $2 million. That's such a steal, I feel like. Oh like, if God. that's what the Damian Williams market or something like that is, like, you could sign a guy like that before the draft or something. And, like, Marlon, or Car- what's his name? Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack? He's not a bad player. No, he was good. He just tore yeah. the Achilles in week yeah. one last year and never played. I, I will tell you what, what I would get excited about now is grab like the way Schneider, I know this for sure. The way Schneider approaches free agency is he, he wants to go into the draft without having needs. That's his preference that he can just draft based off where the value falls. And so he knows where he's got gaps on the roster. He, he sees the same gaps that we do, but I would, I mean, if they sign an Austin Blythe, let's say, or something at center, I still would love them to potentially, if it falls to them, there's some, there's some great centers in this draft. Like I would love to see them invest in another like stud center uh, to be part of a long-term solution for them. And, and that would mean that the guy wouldn't have to start as a rookie. Maybe you don't have to depend on him. And if he does, then you cut Blythe, you know, Blythe is probably going to get a pretty much non-guaranteed contract and you're no worse for the wear, but like, that's what I would love to see happen. Um, and there's probably some similar things you can do at receiver. You know what? I, I wonder if just go to go back to the running back thing for a second. I wonder if Carson's market gets so low that they look at bringing him back. I if it's at a good back. price, I'd do it. I think, I think we would do it. I think Carson. Yeah. Um, I don't think he that's would. That's true. That's true. I think like Mike Davis might be an option there. I know. I know Brian doesn't like him. I think he's a good kid. I mean, he's, he's good. And it's a fine guy. It's not that. Would you look at Le'Veon Bell just as like a veteran one-year deal? No. Like James Connor. Hmm. I like James Connor. Mm -hmm. He might be available. He's, he's out there. Huh? He could be one year, two and a half million dollars. What's the next move they make, Evan? Uh, acquisition, or are you talking like internal roster management? Oh, I don't know. I, I like uh, leaving it open like that. What's what's the next? Like, let's let's do both. They're gonna open up cap cap sp- <laughs> space. They're gonna open up cap space as their next move, and I think, I think they move Reed. I'm not sure if it's trade. I'm not sure if it's cut, but I think they do something with him. It just making almost $14 million this next year. This just doesn't value doesn't feel there, but maybe I'm wrong. So that's my pick. 
God, if they could have moved Reed and got Brockers <laughs> for, for like the seventh round conditional Ugh. 2029 pick that the, the Lions gave up. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the Rams were doing that trade here. I know. <laughs> no. I don't think so. They would ask for a first or something. How do you guys feel about uh, our rivals, uh, where they are, the moves that they've made? You mean our Cardinals? The Cardinals, Rams, and 49ers. Our Cardinals. Yeah, I'm going to bash the Cardinals. I think they've, they're getting way too, too much attention. And I think A.J. Green and J.J. Watt are the kind of moves you make, and people who want to do write those winners and losers of free agency articles every year that always have, like, the Dolphins and the Bucks. Those are the kind of guys that are going to show up on those articles. Do you like the Hudson move? I like the Hudson move. The Hudson move was great. They paid it. It was a steeper price for an older lineman, but Roddy Hudson's a really good center to put with Kyler Murray in this division. I like the Hudson move, but I think Watt and AJ Green. AJ Green looked terrible last year. Like we were talking about him as a $3 million player. What did he get paid? He got somewhere in the six to eight range. Oh, Jesus. Like he's not that, he's nothing now. Like, they, they have good players, but J.J. Watt and A.J. Green, that to me, those are just overpays that sound like a desperate team. Like, those are I, kind of... I, I saw the best tweet. I think I shared it with you guys today, and someone said, you know, Cardinals winning offseason with J.J. Watt and A.J. Green signing, and someone retweeted it says, you mean the 2014 offseason? And I, I think that's a really good a good point. You know, they're great names and they bring fans to the stands and people, their fan base will be thrilled. I, I just don't know how much impact they'll have on the field. Not that JJ Watt still can't make an impact because he definitely can, but he has to be on the field to do it. So well, hopefully that works out. I understand Dana. Arizona is where people go to retire. Fair. All the old people are they there. They like old people. All the old people in Evan. <laughs> <laughs> I am um, an old person. What are you talking about? I know. The oldest kid I know. I did not know. Evan, you'll love this. They signed a kicker. They did. Matt Prater. Matt right? Prater's might be my favorite kicker. Is it just because he hits like 60 yard field goals? And, and... Just, he looks like he's always got a beer on the sideline. <laughs> like, oh, you're going to kick something. Okay. And then he walks like, and he he's clutch. He, the guy he just goes out there and nails winning field goals from any length. And there's almost never a doubt. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen him miss a kick. The guy's like money. So that's concerning because Seattle and car in Arizona mm-hmm. are always in these like six to six, like mm-hmm. nine to three. Football games. And that's why they signed him. (laughs) The Cardinals have added JJ Watt, Matt Prater, AJ Green. They signed Robert Alford, who was already with them. And then uh they got Hudson, right? Those are Patrick Peterson tonight. Oh, where'd he go? He went to Minnesota. Minnesota. Oh, all right. I'm kind of glad. I didn't want him coming to Seattle. I don't think he's very good, but I was gonna gonna be okay. Uh the Seahawks. I mean, we didn't really – I don't know. Did we talk about Witherspoon since that signing happened? No, I don't think we did. Holy crap. I mean, that was a great – I mean, you got Shaquille Griffin going out making how much a year? 15. 15, yeah. $15 a year? Is that right? Yeah. Holy balls. And then you've got Akilah Witherspoon coming in making four? Four. Guaranteed. Mm Mm-hmm. Can anyone tell me <laughs> what makes Shaquille Griffin worth $11 million more per season than a killer Witherspoon? That's insane. That's insane. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> and look, 
thank God someone paid him because the Seahawks apparently were wanting to re-sign him. And we would be having a very different conversation right now yeah. if the Seahawks are like, ah, we signed Griffin. That's kind of the major thing we could do. And now we're just going to get a bunch of like crappy players. Oh, that was huge. That's it. That's exactly what the, how they should approach free agency. I wonder what their final offer to him was. You know what I mean? Like, was it 10, like- 11, 12? Man, even 10 would have been really hard to stomach. Yeah, it's a Jerry Reed move all over again. And those it- are the kind of moves doesn't move the needle. Yeah, and it's the kind of paying big money to average players are the kind of moves that kill you in a cap system. And I think they would have had to have beaten Jacksonville's offer by quite a bit since, you know, he's from, you know, Florida. He played college in Florida. He's always wanted to go back to Florida. And so I I think Seattle would have had to beat it by quite a bit. So thank God they didn't play the game because it just would have been a nightmare. Where are we with the comp pick situation? I, I don't know exactly how that works. Does the Gerald Everett thing cancel out the Shaquille Griffin signing? I mean, they're such different. Oh, players. and Witherspoon. I think they're mm-hmm. out of comp picks already. Probably. I think it's a numbers game, right, Evan? It's not contract value. I actually know nothing about comp picks. Yeah, I think so, it's based on how many players you sign versus how many players you lose. It's not like versus that one. Um, I will say, for, uh, I won't say who, but I heard some very good things from people that know about uh, Akilah Witherspoon. Uh, I think Seahawks fans should be really excited about, about that player. Um, if you look at his tape over the last few games of last season for San Francisco, he came on really, really strong. So um, this guy's six foot three. Mm-hmm. He's a prototypical Pete cornerback. Mean, yeah. He now he has not picked off the ball very well in his career, so he doesn't have that to go for him. But he has broken up a fair amount of passes um, at different points. I think he's exactly the kind of guy you want to go in. One year deal. If it works, great. Maybe you extend him. If if not, uh, you you add him to the pile. And so, do you guys feel like they're done at corner? No, I think Sherman's coming back. I swear to God, I'm gonna keep pounding so this drum. You want it to happen, or you think it's going to happen? Is it? Is there a difference? I can wish yeah. this into reality. I'm sorry, Will Blackman told him to come back to Seattle today. I don't know why. Will Blackman tweeted that, and then Quandre started lobbying him on Twitter. <laughs> Quandre is just like, Uncle Sherman, come back. We need you. Yeah, and he then Sherman retweeted it and said that crazy safeties are the only way to go. So I'm telling you, it will be so good. But he, he even said, like, Weatherspoon and Reed, you guys are good. Like, you don't need me. So we I need you. He just, oh, please. He wants his ego fed and I will feed his ego all he needs. I'm telling you. <laughs> no, I think it would be hilarious though if we ended up with, with Reed, Witherspoon and Sherman on the team. I don't think San Francisco would appreciate that very much. Witherspoon's maybe best game of the year was week 17. He was covering DK and he had a really good game against DK. And so you're buying low on a guy with a big upside, which is the exact opposite of the Shaq Griffin contract. I was terrified yesterday when all those rumors came out that Seattle was making a push to sign him. And the way that kind of flipped around by them getting a guy for what a fraction of the price, that's just good. That's good business. And the last two days they've had very, very good days. The Seahawks, I think all three of the moves they make and the moves they didn't make, I don't think you can complain about anything they've done so far, which is rare for this group. You guys were like ready to like jump off the freaking bridge like a, like hours ago. I love it. Oh, it Seahawks free. life. It's That's a very fluid fringe. He's fluid, man. One <laughs> changes everything. 
I like Evan. We we breathed some life into you. What was it? Uh, Monday. When was it? We we, we Monday. Met? Yeah, you got me slowly, slightly optimistic, and uh, look what happened. That's right. That's right. You got it. You got to have some some uh, belief. Um, Wait, no, I have a question for you guys yeah. though. Before we move on from this, yeah. So I've seen over and over and over again on Twitter people saying Seahawks fans can talk themselves into any move. And turn it into a good thing. Is that what's happening here? No. But, or is no. this just good logic on a bad cap year and a questionable draft year? I, is it good logic? This is an objectively good move. Yeah. I don't know all, that you know how is... to be objective, but I'll ask the other. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just telling you the truth. This is objectively good. This is like, uh, like, you know, Benson Mayo might be the next Chris Clemens kind of thing, you know? Um, Gerald Everett was a guy we targeted the second they hired Shane Waldron. All of us who've talked Seahawks said that that name just made sense on a number of levels. They needed a second tight end. Witherspoon was a guy in my article I wrote on Saturday. His name was in there. I thought there were a number of by-low corners. And the, the thing that corners have had coming into this scheme, like Dunbar had it last year, he was not comfortable. Witherspoon played in this defense. Mm-hmm. He slides in right away. DJ Reed slid right into this defense. Um. Gabe Jackson was a guy this team's liked for a long time. They tried to draft him. They would, they were going to, based on what Jay keeps was saying, he, they were going to try to sign him if he got cut, that was their plan. And he fits all three of these players fit very seamlessly into what they have. It's not like a move like, Oh, Carrie Williams is coming. Like, Oh, let's convince ourselves that might be good. <laughs> or Jimmy Graham is like, mm. like a, this in football, Two things really matter, scheme fit and familiarity with coaches. And they've hit on two of these in a high level. And Gabe Jackson's played in the Tom Cable offensive line. He's played in the power offensive line. He's been good in both. I I did want to bring that up that we're just, you know, mining Tom Cable's. uh, Tom Cable's still (laughs) continuing to help the Seahawks offense, even from afar. So that's the thing. If Tom Cable's getting rid of a player, you know he's pretty good. <laughs> well, I think it's a really good question, Dana. And there are a couple of things I'd say. One, Gerald Everett was number one for mm-hmm. me on the tight end list. There's literally no other tight end I would rather have given the cost to value. So if we would have had to pay for a Hunter and Henry or a Johnny Smith, that would not have been the deal where I'd want the cap money to go relative to the production difference you get for getting those guys versus Gerald Everett. So they got, from my perspective, number one target value to, um, you know, value to skill. Mm-hmm. Then you go to Gabe Jackson. Let's say like, let's say, okay, Hey, maybe we're, we're talking about where he used to be his worst year. The last couple of years have not been great for him. Now they've been under Tom Cable. So maybe that has something to do with it, but he was like, <laughs> 63 grade overall um for uh from pff and his pass block grade his worst pass block grade of his career was 69.9 that was last year worse that is significantly better than any of the guys that they've so he plays the, the same like the as bad as he's ever played he will be significantly better at a pass protection which is what matters right now with russ mm-hmm than anyone that they put in that position for, for a while. So it's an upgrade. And then, you know, Witherspoon, I think you have, you'd be hard pressed to find a better value to, to skill play at the corner position. So 
I think they're all very solid moves. I don't think they're they're dependent on Witherspoon being like the next thing. Marquise Blair could end up beating him out and he's a backup. Like, right. great, so be it. But I think the larger question is like, is the team a lot better than they were? I don't know that I think the team's like a lot better than they were. You know, if they had signed, you know, uh, a Corey Lindsley or something, that for me would have been a more meaningful change to their trajectory than what they've done so far. They didn't do that. So, you know, uh, I wish maybe they had done some cases, but if they end up with two decent offensive linemen for what would have been the same price of, of, of Lindsley, so be it. Like, I think that's a fine option too. Yep. And I do, I was asked this question on Twitter. Do I still think that they're going to get a center? Or are they going to have Lewis be center? I don't think Lewis is center. He's, he's very good at his, his position. I think they'll get another center somewhere from the draft or free agency, but they'll get a center. I agree. Yeah. Got to block Aaron Donald in this division. You can't have. Good luck though. No one blocks Aaron Donald. No, but you've got to have some sort of functional plan. You can't have a turnstile. Like at some point that dude has to get old and slow down a little, right? Like eventually at some point he has to. Speed up, father time. Speed up. (laughs) Don't worry. Even if he gets injured in the playoffs, they'll still score no points. So true. And what about the the 49ers? So uh, the 49ers have made effectively good moves, but there's still one lingering problem that all these good moves are negated by. And that is Jimmy Garoppolo. And until they solve that, they basically have to have the best roster of all time to win with. And they still didn't win when they had Nick Bosa and Sherman and Buckner, mm-hmm. Fred Warner. Like that was one of the best defenses we've seen in 10, since the Seahawks team. So that was maybe the best defense we've seen. And they still didn't win the Super Bowl. So they, they got Trent Williams back. They signed Alex Mack today. I'm sad about it's, Alex Mack. Jason Verrett mm-hmm. signed there. Same deal as Witherspoon, essentially. So those are three good moves. Like paying $24 million to like a 33-year-old left tackle. There's going to yeah, be a lingering game. he was really good last year. No, he's an incredible player. He's maybe the best in the league, but that might have a lingering effect later. Mm-hmm. I think Alex Mack is a little bit overrated. He's 35 years old. And Don't you dare clearly. shit on the, the, the hype, Mac. I love that man. Big Mac. Oh. I think it's going to – we'll see. If they can trade up in the draft and get a quarterback – I think we'll grab Gardner Minshew. Wait, wait a He's second. available. Didn't they pretty much just add Alex Mack and Samson Epugon? Ecubon? Like, aren't those the only two additions that they made? Trent Williams already played for them last year. Yeah, that's that's what they signed a lot of their own. DJ that Jones played for them last year. Mm-hmm. They're going to they, lose Sherman. They're going to lose Sherman. So I'm just asking, like... Solomon Thomas is gone. Mm-hmm. Well, he sucks. But, but yeah, I like... <laughs> They basically drafted over Sean Watson and Patrick Mahomes. That's a stat for you. So I don't know. I I don't know that the 49ers, the 49ers, the way they get better is to be healthy next year if they can manage Mm -hmm. to do that. But like you said, they've got a limited quarterback position. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I I just feel like free agency is such a such a mind screw. Like people like they see the names going by, they see the money, they and they just see like, all right, those are good guys. San Francisco got a lot better, but it's like, did they? Mm-hmm. We, we have a saying that we use over at our trip quite a bit and, and it's perfect for this time of year right now. Like the Cardinals are a perfect example. It's all shiny on paper, on paper. This looks fantastic, but in gameplay, is it going to make the difference in the impact 
that you need it to. And there's always some teams that on paper, it's as shiny as it is on the field, but most teams, especially teams that, that go out and get those names like Watt, and I'm not saying I'm going to get murdered for this JJ Watt hate. I love JJ Watt. You know, I love defense, but it's not always as shiny on the field. And so I think the 49ers, we could see that, especially because of their quarterback. And I think we could definitely see that in Arizona. And I think we won't really know until the draft happens because that's how you truly get better in the NFL. Who added the best offensive lineman in the, in the, in the division? I would say that probably, probably with Hudson, probably Rodney Hudson, but it's close with Jackson. Mac is a distant third, right? Yeah, Mac's turning thirty-six this year. Right, distant, distant third. And I think it's at least a question about whether the Seahawks added the better lineman, depending on how you feel at guards versus centers. Like, it's a question. Who added the best corner? Seahawks. Yeah. The other teams didn't add. Uh, I think they're the only. I, think they're I was like, only. I was trying to think. I'm like, did the they Rams? Didn't add Who added the best Rams pass rusher? Have, well, the Rams have Ramsey and Darius Williams. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who added the best pass rusher? Right now, AJ Watt. AJ oh, Watt in the cart in Arizona, mm-hmm. and then you've got the the Samson dude from yeah, that was a backup in in LA that moved to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Seahawks haven't made a move there yet. Is there any reason to think that Seahawks, if, if they sign one or two, if they sign, you know, two of those guys that we've talked about, I think that's better than, than adding Watt. Mm-hmm. Potentially. Watt at $15 million is... Right. It's, to me, that move is bad deal. I think it's the worst deal of the offseason. They're going to regret it. Super excited with Chandler Jones. Like, get them getting Chandler Jones back, to me, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. He is a stud. He is at good age. But when you see what veteran pass rushers are going to end up going for in this market, to give them three times the price on JJ Watt, you could have got like a Matt Judon for is like a 26 year old pass rusher. And then other than center, did they add any other anyone else on that line? Because, you know, that poor kid was running for his life the entire season. So did they beef up that line at all other than at center? You know, I, I don't know. I, I love Kyler Murray. I like to watch him play. I think he's great. But but the poor kid, you know, was seeing ghosts because he was so used to running around. One thing we have to keep in mind is that the NFC West is arguably either the or one of the best divisions in football, without question, right? Um, and the Seahawks managed to win it last year, even with all the troubles Russell had in the second half of the season. So I don't think that you can just write Seattle off because they lost Shaquille Griffin. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's not what this is about. The other teams are trying to catch them. And so as long as we stay packed and, and we fill the holes that we need to fill and, you know, the drama kind of calms down a little bit, I still think that this is going to be a really good team and a really good division. I agree, Dana. And I just think, I was going to say, who, who got the best receiver? I think the Cardinals right now, the only one that signed one, I think, in A.J. Green. I don't think it's gonna be hard for the Seahawks to eclipse that depending. So like, I guess my point is I see a very clear path to where the Seahawks end up adding more value. People keep mentioning names of people that the teams re-signed. That's not adding value. That is treading yeah. water. But there's and one addition of the Rams quarterback. That's right. And oh, that's, Matt Stafford. that's a pretty giant. Upgrade. 
hundred percent, but they also lost guys, John Johnson. Yeah. They're, they're losing guys as well. So we, I'm talking about like, yeah. So I, I just think, I think the Seahawks have the potential to be of the division, the team that adds the, the most. I still think the 49ers are the most talented team in the division. They, have they were last year on, without question when yeah. they're healthy, they're overwhelmingly talented. Yeah. Still. Yeah. They so have I, not that I have blinders on. I just, you know, I think the Seahawks. Well, I think play. if you take quarterbacks out of the division, Aaron Donald's probably the best player in the division. 100%. I think if you maybe Ramsey second, and then if you listed off all the other guys, they would have a lot. They have Kittle. They have. You know what the a- absolute worst case scenario situation that could happen over the next two months? Deshaun Watson gets traded to the Niners. Oh, don't. Oh, that happens. It, it's can. it's not. You, why not? Well, no, there was like this whole thing about how San Francisco has said that over and over they are not trading for Deshaun Watson. They're keeping Jimmy Garoppolo and that they uh, they don't. It's something about. Oh, shit. This was like. Two to, oh, sorry. But they're it's not like, going to do it until they do it. You know I what I mean? I well, I think don't. the tricky thing for them is like someone like Carolina, who is owner is driven to get a quarterback. He does not come mm-hmm. from the football world. They're going to have much better draft capital to offer. Yep. So how does San Francisco top that unless they throw in like a Kittle or a Bosa? And then if the Jets or Dolphins do get involved, then those two teams are up because they can't come close to matching that. Let me ask, let me ask this. I, I'm really curious, you guys. So no doubt that Matt Stafford's a huge upgrade over Jerry Goff. Do we already agree that Russell Wilson is better than Matt Stafford? Yeah. So that's first question. I think we're all like, I think objectively people would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Then my next question is how much better do you think Russell could be? Let's just close our eyes and assume that they're going to run something similar to the McVay scheme. Mm-hmm. How much better do you think Russell could be in that kind of scheme? Are you guys expecting Russell to be better next year than he was last year? Yeah. Which half of the season? So the second half was the worst oh, he's ever played. Yeah. The second half was the worst he's ever played. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, and he's he's been talking talking a little bit this offseason. He knows he's going to have to back it up. He's got the offensive coordinator that he basically hand-selected. Mm-hmm. He's got better offensive line. He's hopefully going to have a few more receivers. He's got a good tight end group. Like, we'll see what happens at running back. I think that, yes. LA added Stafford and that's great, but I think we still have the best quarterback in the division regardless. And I think there's a real shot to think that once again, next year could be Russell's career year. Like, you know, there's reason to think that this could be the moment where they find the right balance and the right way to, to scheme him out of some of the pressure and get him on the edge and do what he does. Well, like it, it, it could all click. It could absolutely, I I don't think that's a crazy thing to say. I, I think so too. I think they saw the formula that works last year um, for a thousand different reasons that has been argued, you know, to death on Twitter. It didn't work in the second half and we'll just leave it at that. But um, I think they realized what is possible and they're going to figure out how to sustain it longer. And so to me, that automatically puts, if he wasn't already before, he's heads and tails above every other quarterback in this division heads and tails it's a good night folks tonight was huge like that trade really changes the whole conversation around 
Like, it's not just like, did you upgrade the offensive line? And I think the way Evan came out of the show and he was screaming, he was literally screaming at me. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, did you feel attacked? <laughs> I was like, cause I was pretty pumped up too. And like, then you came out and I'm just like, holy crap. I'm like dealing with the ultimate warrior over here. <laughs> <laughs> but it's justified, man. Like they, haven't made an offensive line acquisition like this in the off season really before like Dwayne Brown was an in-season trade. If this got like, I, it, you could see it in our group today. If they struck out on something like this and they're looking at like trade Turner or, and they have to deal with this question all off season long. Like why didn't you address your offensive line? Russell asked it every time he gets sacked, this changes the complete conversation around the organization. Like, that removing that like the fact that they've said no to that trade this morning and then this came out the whole narrative around the team is completely different now it's like a weight lifted off their shoulders and to me that is so significant because if they didn't if they struck out on this after the whole Zeitler thing and then they didn't go after Thune I don't believe or Lindsley and they end up with like Austin Blythe and some like 33 year old guard who gets beat out by a rookie that storyline would have never gone away Someone brings up uh, in the chat, uh, I don't even know how to, I, Nathaniel 11, says, uh, the Jackson trade means that Damian Lewis likely moves to left guard next to Dwayne Brown. How do you guys feel about that? I don't know if that's true. I don't think that is, yeah. Because he's played both positions, correct? Gabe Jackson was a left guard in his best years, like early on. They signed... uh, Osemele, one of Brian's favorite players. And he was a pure left guard, like very similar to Mike Upati and Bill. So they moved into right guard. And For what left. it's worth, Jake Heaps said on Twitter, the expectation is that Damian Lewis moves to left guard. That could just be him predicting, or maybe he knows something. But um, that's what he expects, at least. I mean, I, I think it would be – I love the idea of Damian Lewis playing next to – Brown. I mean, yeah. is there like mentorship value there? Like, like, is that, or am I making line, that up? No line communication between the guard and tackle is huge. Yeah. And having somebody that knows what's going on and can identify what the defense is doing. Absolutely. can help the guy next to him. For and sure. it's also, if you're going to run the ball to the left with those two guys, and then you have like more of a veteran guy beside shell, which probably stabilizes that side a little bit. There might be a pretty good place for that. Yeah. Oh man, if, I'm telling you, and you guys are gonna, you guys are gonna have to like kiss the ring if 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 Phil Haynes wins the center position and it's oh, good. My. I want to hear it from all of you. <laughs> want to hear it, Phil Haynes? Don't sleep. I'll, if okay, hold up. If Phil Haynes wins the starting oh, center Lord. position, is what yeah. you said? Yes. If Phil Haynes wins the starting center position, wow. I will buy you. And is good. Define good. <laughs> Better than Ethan, Ethan Posick. Is that good? Okay. Okay. Yeah. For the 2020 season. Okay. Um, I'll buy you a Phil Haynes jersey in Youth XL. <laughs> Dude, you do not know how I've been eating or lack of exercising. <laughs> if you're, if you're gonna, I mean, I could fit that on my leg maybe <laughs> at this point. Oh man. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I'm serious, man. There's, we're going to figure out that center spot, you know, one spot to fill one spot. 
So, I mean, at this point, you got Kyle Fuller and Phil Haynes are your two options. And then maybe they'll add somebody. Yeah, I saw Jake was just tweeting about some draft prospect. He wants them to take now at center. Yeah. So he's, he's into it already. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Is there uh, anything else we want to cover tonight? Any comments, predictions for the next several days, hopes, wishes? Feels like we've covered a lot. Yeah, I think it'll calm down now with Seattle. I don't know that we'll see much, maybe one more move. Um, I, I don't think that we'll see a whole lot more out of them. Do you guys think we will? I think that it'll be. Going to need an edge rusher at some point. I'm not right. convinced I think of they that, bring Dana. Carlos back. Really? I'm not sure they're done. If they open up some money, it'll be interesting. Who, would be the, I, I, who is the name? Like, give me, it doesn't have to be a specific, any position. Give me the name that if you hear it next, you would be most excited about. Unrestricted free agent. David Andrews would give me an orgasm. Oh God. <laughs> Do not sign. Why did you ask that question? That back. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. Dana, you know, you, you don't have to. <laughs> I don't know what I just said. I'm so sorry. It's <laughs> the first thing that came to my mind and I don't have a filter. So. Okay. Jeff. Carlos Dunlap. Yeah. Okay. Mine too. That's exactly who I was thinking. I want him back. Five million bucks. Mm -hmm. That would just look so fucking smart. God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the name that would make me most excited was Ruby Richard Sherman. Oh God. Oh, sure me. Dana, how dare you shit on Richard? (laughs) Oh my Lord. Good you lord! Know, I literally would tear up. Like it's 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 not logical with me when it comes to Richard Sherman. I I I have great stories about that that I will share with you guys later. But it's not logical with me with Richard Sherman. So I would tear up. But I think for the team long term, I think Dunlap is a good a good pick. Yeah. Oh, Sherman. Brian. Oh man. Uh, oh, if it wasn't Sherman, I think it might be crazy enough. I think it might be a receiver like mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i'm, I'm, I'm looking through names right now there's so many yeah I, oh who was it that i was just looking at yeah i mean i i really i mean will fuller would be a pretty pretty cool name here i just think he's a great fit for what what the seahawks do but i don't know there's some really good names out there so i'm excited this this is what this is just like the seahawks i mean if you haven't figured out about the Seahawks, they're a pain in the ass. They don't do anything well in the first round. <laughs> they don't do anything well on the first day of free agency. They are back half of the draft, back half of free agency. That's who they are as a front office. And they're pretty good at it. They're pretty good at it. So I'm looking forward to what they do over the next few days and weeks and months, really. They, they can add more free agents even after the draft. So um, it's just getting started. It's cool. Cool. Well, thanks for uh, tuning in, everyone. This was a, a short notice show. So like I said on Twitter, uh, turn on turn on the bell icon. You'll get notifications for when we go live randomly and suddenly like an emergency podcast uh, that we did today. Uh, when are we planning on – when's our next show? When should we do a next show? Next I week. Think- but, I mean, we might do another emergency if something big happens between now and then. Yeah, another reason to turn on that bell icon. Seriously, subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash hawkblogger. 
Patreon, patreon.com slash hawkblogger. You get access to our Slack channel where you can bug Brian, Jeff, and Dana 24-7. You can even video call them in the middle of the night. All exclusive privileges you get for just $5 a month. Um, anything else? Any final last comments? Those are not privileges you get. Just, just don't <laughs> no one's calling call me in the middle of the night. <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you Evan's number though. I'm happy to do that. Oh fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. We we appreciate you guys and uh we'll see you hopefully.